What's up everybody? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Thank you so very much for tuning in, hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, once again, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people that's tuning in from all over the place. And also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. You allow us to minister to people, love people, help more people, feed more people, serve more people, shelter more people. You allow us to be the visible love in the visible hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our city and our community. You know, God uses the most unlikely people. Let me ask you a question. What do you think you have in common with some of God's most unlikely disciples, with some of God's most unlikely warriors? I think most of us were probably all given a nickname growing up. If you were anything like me, your family had a certain nickname for you and your friends had a certain nickname for you. My friends growing up, they always called me Tiger or Tony the Tiger based after the cartoon. All my basketball friends when I played basketball would call me Tiger or Tony the Tiger, but my family called me TR and that just stood for Tony Ray. But also if you're like me, you probably had some other friends and they had nicknames too and some of their nicknames, maybe even some of your nicknames was after some of your personality traits or maybe even after some of your flaws. Like I had a friend, they called her Smelly Shelly. I had another friend, they called her Squeaky because when she laughed, she sounded like a little mouse. But sometimes, sometimes these nicknames given to us by other people can be very cruel. If I were to ask some of you about some of the names that you were given growing up and how some of them could have been painful, people love to point out, people love to remind us, people love to criticize us, people love to make fun of us for our failures, our screw-ups, our mistakes and our flaws, and they love to remind us of this over and over and over again, and sometimes they give us nicknames based off of those flaws. And so today, we continue with our current new series about this new year called Warrior, and here's a question that I want us to think about. What do I have? in common with some of God's most unlikely warriors. What do I have in common with them? When the world looks at us, they may see what they consider to be trash, but when God looks at us, he sees what he considers to be his treasure. And so this series is about finding God's strength in my weakness, finding God's strength when my life has fallen apart, finding God's strength in the middle of my chaos and my storms, and using all of that to build resilience in my life. And resilience is when I bounce back quicker and faster than I used to because I'm following Jesus and because I'm seeking Jesus, I I can bounce back from my heartache and pain quicker and faster than I used to. I can bounce back from my failures quicker and faster than I used to. I can bounce back from my weaknesses. I can bounce back from my battles. I can bounce back from my past guilt quicker and faster than I used to. This series is about building resilience in our life. So the unlikely warrior that I want us to talk about today is actually one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And he was given a nickname, just like many of us were given nicknames. And sometimes those nicknames can be very crazy and they remind us of some of the, the weakest parts of our life, this disciple was given a nickname and all throughout the church, throughout the years of the church, he was known by this nickname. So pretty much anytime this disciple is talked about, anytime this disciple is mentioned, anytime this disciple is brought up, we remember this nickname and he is called by this nickname and this nickname always refers to one of his weakest 
moments. This nickname refers to one of his moments that he's probably the most embarrassed about. He has the most shame about. He has the most guilt about. This nickname refers to that moment and that moment only. And this is what it was. It was a moment of weakness and a moment of doubt. And we know him as Doubting Thomas. We pick up today in John chapter 20 and we start in verse 24. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. This was right after Jesus uh, rose from the dead and he was appearing to his disciples in his resurrected form. And so it says right here that the disciples gave Thomas the nickname and that nickname was the twin pretty much because his name meant in Aramaic and Greek the twin. And so he probably had a twin brother. And so when they talked about Thomas, they were like, oh yeah, that's the twin. Why? Because his name meant the twin and he probably had a twin brother. So that was his nickname, Thomas the twin. But we pick up in verse 25. They told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I'm not going to believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe my Lord, my God, he exclaimed. This one episode, this one moment in the life of Thomas that has caused the church for years and years and years to highlight his weakness, to call him by his nickname that highlighted, highlighted one of his weakest moments in his life, a title, a name that highlights his battle, his struggle, his brokenness. He was given a label doubting Thomas for years by the church and by everyone and so most of the time when we hear about this one disciple it's always in this category oh he doubted Jesus he had doubts about God he had doubts in his faith that's doubting Thomas he's the doubter he doubted Jesus and as religious people we're so good at that aren't we we're so good at pointing out the weaknesses of other people oh they're coming to church now don't you know what they used to do oh they're coming to church now don't you know what they used to be tied up in oh they're coming to church now don't you know about their past don't you know that they used to do or they used to be this or that this weakness this weakness that weakness this, uh, this, this battle, this storm, this is what's wrong with their life and on and on. We love to highlight people's lives by their battles, by their failures and by their struggles. And the church has become very good at that. But three words, shame on us for doing that. But always remember this, and this is always true in God's kingdom. Resilience will help you overcome all of that. Resilience will help you overcome your weaknesses. Resilience will help you overcome your battle with low self-esteem. Resilience will help you overcome doubts about your faith. Resilience will help you overcome doubts about God. Resilience will help you overcome doubts about yourself. Resilience will help you overcome doubts that other people have about you and the labels that other people have given you. Resilience will help you overcome all of that because here's some other things that we need to know about Thomas. So in John chapter 11, Jesus has a friend named Lazarus and Lazarus passed away. He's in a place called Bethany in a region called Judea. Lazarus is dead and Jesus needs to go. He's gonna raise him from the grave. Well, all the other disciples 
disciples are kind of like this. Jesus, the last time you went there, you almost died. These people in that region, they want to kill you. They want to stone you and they want to kill us too. So it's not safe for you to go back there and it's not safe for us to go back there. Let's not go. Let's not go minister there. Let's not go do this. Let's not go love on those people. Let's not go help that family. It's too dangerous. We don't need to go. Every disciple said that except one disciple. Notice this, John chapter 11, verse 16. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Thomas, nicknamed the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die there with Jesus if we have to. Let's go. And if we have to, let's die with Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's bold. That's prepared. That's brave. That's courageous. That's what a leader does. Courage is when you're willing to do what everyone else around you is afraid to do. And in this moment, Thomas was the only person willing to do what all the other disciples were afraid to do. In this moment, he stood out as someone who was courageous and someone who was a leader. But we don't talk about this moment much, do we? We don't refer to him by this moment. We don't call him brave, Thomas. We don't call him courageous, Thomas. We don't call him bold, Thomas. We don't call him prepared, Thomas. No, we overlook this moment and go straight to that one moment that we think is is something that's so wrong and so weak we go to that one moment where he struggled we go to that one moment where he battled we go to that one moment where he failed we go to that one moment that produced so much shame and guilt in his life that one moment where he doubts and we don't call him brave Thomas or courageous Thomas or bold Thomas no we call him doubting Thomas when we when he had much more moments of bravery and much more moments of being courageous and much more moment of faith and and love and following Jesus, but we don't refer to him in that way. We go to that one moment where he fell on his face and we call him Doubting Thomas. Or what about how his life ends up? This is a great story because his story was not over. Just like your story is not over. About 52 AD, Jesus had risen from the dead. He ascended back to the Father. And the early church begins to spread like wildfire all over the world. Well, Thomas travels outside the Roman Empire. And he goes to this little place called India by himself, unfamiliar. And there he starts to start new churches all over India. And it's said that he reached almost 20,000 people right away. One man, 20,000 people he reached for Jesus right away in India. Some people think that he was stabbed with a spear and died for being a follower of Jesus. Other people say that it was an accident. But here was a man who went to an unfamiliar place and a dangerous place and all he had was the weapons of God, the weapons of being a warrior for Jesus. And that was faith and love and grace and trust in God. Faith, love, grace, and trust in God. He came a long way from doubting Thomas. Why? Because his story didn't end there and it got better and he held on to God anyway. And your story can too, but if you want your story to be better than what it is right now, you must build resilience in your life. Have you ever went through a time in your life when you had some serious doubts? Some real serious, intense doubts about God, about Jesus, about the scripture, about the faith, about yourself, about your own sincerity, about your own walk with God, about how authentic you really are. If I were to ask you to raise your hand right now or to comment right now, if you've ever battled with serious doubts about God, about Jesus, or about yourself and about your own sincerity, then we would all raise our hand. We would all make a comment. We have suffered and we have doubted God. We've been through tough 
enough times and we've doubted God. We've had heartache and pain and we've doubted God. We've had chaos in our life and we've doubted God. We've had disappointments in our life and we've doubted God. We've been through hell on earth and we've doubted God. We've faced giants. We've had to climb mountains and we've doubted God. We've had to face so much confusion in this life and still hold on to God, but we still doubt God. We have faced failures and battles and sins and regrets and we doubt ourselves. We face questions and confusion and more questions and we doubt our faith. We go through battles and we doubt God. We battle with ourselves and we doubt ourselves. We have confusion and we doubt our faith and most of the time these doubts make us feel like we've lost our faith and it makes us feel like God doesn't want us and God is upset with us and God is let down by us. We went so far backwards that God must be disappointed in us and God can't use us anymore that we've let God down and we've let ourselves down. How many times do we feel that way? I let God down and I've let myself down. I let Jesus down again and I let myself down again. It seems like Thomas went backwards, didn't it? Seems like he went backwards. At first, bold Thomas, prepared Thomas, courageous Thomas, brave Thomas. And then right here, he just doubts and he gives in to his weakness. In John chapter 11, while Jesus is still alive and with Thomas, he's bold and he's brave and he's strong. And we're the same way when it feels like God is close to us and everything in our life is going just fine and easy. Then we hold on to our faith. But in John chapter 20, after Jesus died, Thomas thought Jesus is gone. He's left me and us. He has left me and us. We're walking around in the dark. We're walking around in uncertainty and we don't know what to do. Even after Jesus shows back up, Thomas doubted. It seems like he just went backwards and we do that too. We go through heartache in this life that makes us feel like God is far away or God is disappointed in us or God doesn't want us anymore and we doubt if we'll ever be close to God again even when he tries to move on us. We doubt that we'll ever be close to God again even when he tries to pursue us. He'll answer a prayer but we're in so much pain that we doubt. He'll move on us in worship but we're in so much pain that we doubt. He'll work in our hearts. He'll work in our circumstances circumstances. He'll work in our mind. He will work in our feelings. But we're in so much pain that we doubt because we think that our doubts have caused God to move away from us and be upset with us or be disappointed in us or be frustrated with us. But let me ask you this. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. John chapter 20 verses 27 through 28. Notice this. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Touch the wound in my side. You can believe now. Don't be faithless. And you can tell by his response that Jesus was gentle and peaceful with him. Notice what he says. My Lord, my God, he said, or he shouted, my Lord, my God. You can tell how gentle Jesus was. Does this seem like Jesus was mad at Thomas? Upset with Thomas? Disappointed with Thomas? Frustrated with Thomas? Let down by Thomas? No, not at all. Did Jesus go up to Thomas and in front of Thomas brag and praise all the other disciples who believed and not doubted? Did he say you should be more like them? They didn't doubt. They believed. No, he didn't do that at all. Jesus went straight to Thomas first because he knew Thomas was the one that was doubting and he helped him believe. He went straight to Thomas first and he didn't shame him. He didn't guilt him. He didn't beat him down. He didn't overwhelm 
him with burdens. He didn't point out how everyone else was doing better than him. He didn't make him feel like he was disappointed in Thomas. He went straight to Thomas to help him believe in love, compassion, patience, and grace. And after this, Thomas became a wildfire for spreading God's love and the love of Jesus. He became fearless and bold and prepared and courageous. See, doubts, I've told you this before, are not the enemy of your faith. Unbelief is the enemy of your faith. That's why Jesus told Thomas to believe. Doubts can push you to dig a little bit deeper. And then once you get past them, they can propel you to make your faith even stronger. They can propel you into a life of resilience. Resilience. When I bounce back quicker and faster than I used to from my doubts, I bounce back quicker and faster than I used to. From my weaknesses, I bounce back quicker and faster than I used to. From my excuses, from my temptations, I bounce back quicker and faster than I used to. Now, in light of all that, let me give you just a couple of observations to take home with you today and to make this personal. The first thing is this, and notice this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Doubt your doubts about God. Say, Tony, I have doubts about God. What if God's not really good? What if God doesn't have all power? What if God isn't as loving as I've been taught? What if God isn't as forgiving as I've been taught? What if God isn't real at all? What if none of this is true? But here's another question. What if your doubts aren't true? What if God's love is better than you can imagine and better than what you've been taught? What about his grace? What if it's better than you can imagine and better than what you've been taught? What about his forgiveness? What if it's better than you can imagine? What if his forgiveness is better than what you've been taught? What if God, what if Jesus is better than you can imagine and better than you've ever been taught? What do I do when I have doubts about God? I doubt those doubts and I believe and let them push me to dig into resilience. When I have doubts about God, I immediately doubt those doubts and let them push me to dig and move my life and my faith into resilience. The next thing is this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Doubt your doubts about yourself. Yes, your faith could be stronger. Yes, your faith could be more sincere. Yes, your heart could be more authentic. Yes, your walk with God could be more serious and more sincere. Yes, your prayers and your worship and your discipleship could be stronger and more authentic and more sincere. And so you doubt if God even really wants you because you're not as perfect as you think you should be. Let me say that again. You doubt if Jesus even wants you. Why? Because you're not as perfect as you think you should be. But even if you get stronger today, do you think that's going to make God love you more? If you get stronger today, do you think that's going to make Jesus come back down again from heaven and die for you all over again because he loves you even more? Do you think if you pray more today, it's going to make God love you more? Do you think if you worship harder today, it's going to make God love you more? Do you think if you have a stronger faith today, it's going to make God love you more? Nothing can make God love you more. He loves you perfectly. You have all these doubts about yourself and doubts about God. Doubt your doubts about God and doubt your doubts about yourself. You think God's disappointed with you. You think God's upset with you. And so you back away from God. And the whole time Jesus is pursuing you, running after you. He wants you and he wants to love on you. And he says, here, look at my scars. Look at the wound in my side. Believe because I have done so much for you. I had the skin ripped off my back for you. I had nails in my hands and nails in my feet for you. I got nailed to the cross for you because I love you. They placed me in a tomb. I rose from the dead. Look at 
did everything I've done for you. Now rise back up and believe and step into resilience. Some of you need to make a decision today to prove yourself wrong. You think you're done. You think God can't use you. You think God's too far away from you. You think you're too weak. You think you're a failure. You think your past is too bad. You think you have too many doubts. Thomas stood up. He moved to India after the worst weakest moment in his life and he won 20,000 people to Jesus Christ. He impacted thousands because he had bravery and courage and resilience and he bounced back after his biggest setback. Trust God. Get up. Prove yourself wrong. Prove your doubts about yourself wrong. And maybe other people have labeled you also the doubter, the bad, the weak, the not good enough, the not faithful enough, the not devoted enough, the not strong enough. Other people are going to doubt you too. Prove yourself wrong. But you know what? Prove them wrong too. They have doubts about you. They have doubts about your faith. Doubt their doubts too. Stand up. Prove them wrong. Hold on to God and be a warrior. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. Now continue to stay tuned in for an amazing time of worship with the amazing Water's Edge worship team. We love you all. See you next week.